And welcome everybody to another emergency podcast edition from your host, Jacob Robinson here on Radio DeBall Sports. I'm joined alongside Cade McCurdy, DJ Moreau. Cade, this is arguably your your fifth, sixth, seventh time on these emergency podcasts. Should I just start, should DePaul University start cutting checks your way with how many, you know, appearances you've made here on radio? They need to start flying me out uh, and putting me up in a five-star hotel. Uh, I'll settle for a four-star hotel, so I could be on the emergency pod at a moment's notice. <laughs> no, get, that five, get that five-star, bro. All right, I'll go for the five-star. I'll go for the five-star. Give me the five-star, DePaul University. You heard it here first. I'm a content creator. Let's get it. So, obviously, with the news today, the first thing I had to do when I, uh, when I woke up this morning, when, once I saw the headlines, I was like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity for an emergency podcast. Um, so I have the two of you here for to recap, of course, the day that has been, you know, this has been arguably one of the craziest just from like a from a coaching standpoint. Um, DJ, this this hits close to home. These this affects not only your favorite basketball team, but your favorite college basketball team. How are the spirits? I mean, are you is this a sad day? Is this an OK day? What's the overall mood? You're on you're on mute. Um, I would say it's more of like a somber day. I knew Coach K was on the verge of retiring. I feel like just after this COVID year, it was kind of taking a lot out of him. Like the team wasn't that great. And for him, it was just that he's about done. As for the Celtics, I did not think it would be this early to see changes. Like, and to the, the extent we saw where Brad taking over as president of basketball and Ainge stepping down, I was not ready for any of that. Oh, no. it was like, I woke up to like 80 text messages. <laughs> Wow. So just to, so just to recap for our audiences, uh, Danny Ainge will be stepping down as president of I, th- I think that's his official title, GM, president of basketball operations, however you want to call it. Into his role will be Brad Stevens. So he's going to be stepping away from the Boston Celtics as head coach. And then the somber news, of course, that affects Cade McCurdy a little bit deeper than it would DJ. Coach Mike Krzyzewski will be retiring after next season. Cade, I'll, I'll just ask you your opening thoughts regarding the matter. Is this something that you saw coming? I I mean, we all kind of knew Coach K, unless he wanted to die on the job, was going to get out of there eventually. Um, you know, he stepped down as head of as head coach of USA basketball a couple of years ago. So I figured this is the next logical step. And especially once Roy was out of there, I figured I didn't think it was going to come out this soon or right now per se, but I knew the writing was on the wall and we, we didn't have much time left. So I'll ask you what, in your opinion led to, you know, what around the timeline of events led to the end of days for coach K and, and to the point where we are now, where we're looking at John Shire as the next Duke basketball coach and a new Duke basketball coach for the first time in what feels like forever because it's been forever. I believe in 47, 48 years it'll be. Um, I think that basically Coach K's calling card in a very odd way has been flexibility. Um, A lot of other old coaches don't don't pick up uh, the new the new trends. But Coach K went from a you're staying for four years and getting your degree. Only the best players are going to get to leave after two or three years to basically one and done recruiting central the past decade or so. And I think that he's just kind of, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> he's on a podcast. We're getting Pat. I mean, if Pat, right. if that's Pat in the background, he wants to talk Orioles baseball. We'll do that any day of the week, but he'll talk about John. Mean he's, 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 an Orioles, he's an Orioles fan. He is a Baltimore Orioles fan. That's an yeah. Just, just um, tear his heart out. Um, but anyway, but so I think, 
I think he reached the end of his rope. Like the transfer portal stuff pisses him off. I think that he's old and a COVID year gave him some time to realize I can do things besides basketball and hang out with my family. I've got nothing left to prove his, I don't know if I would call them friends. I don't know if I would call them like colleagues. I don't really know what the word is, but he really respected Roy Williams. And so for Roy to leave, that's like one of the pillars of North Carolina basketball, just out of the picture. So I think all these like little things built up and, uh, and I think he, he just finally decided it's time to be done. For DJ and Cade, as as Duke basketball fans, DJ, I know you're in the part of the apartment where it'll be a little bit spotty connection. I can already, you know, I'm a real friend if I can pick up on what your ceiling looks like where you're entering. But um, my question for you guys is, does it frustrate you or does it not even bother you that both Roy Williams and Coach K retired before Jim Beheim? <laughs> uh, that's, I didn't think of it like that. Um... It doesn't frustrate me, but damn, that's kind of crazy to think about that. That date, those two retired before Jim Beheim did. I mean, you thought Jim Beheim would have been done after the whole accident, but that's crazy. And I thought, unless I'm wrong here, I thought Jim Beheim was was due for a retirement within like the last like two to three seasons. He, from my understanding, he was considering it. Slash, it was like heavily speculated he was going to, and then everything changed when Buddy Beheim committed. That like reinvigorated things. So. He's definitely finishing Buddy Beheim's tenure at Syracuse, and it wouldn't shock me then if he decides to go a little bit longer and chase Coach K's wins record. That's hard now because I think he has some vacated wins, but that wouldn't shock me if that's something he decides to do. For the state of Duke basketball in the future, is this something where you're worried about how if Duke can still maintain the level of success under new, you know, a new direction, or is this something where you're like, okay, John Shire is going to continue to carry the baton so to speak um and duke will be consistently you know at least knock on wood um still a top five recruiting class top five preseason team and pretty much a top 10 team throughout the rest of the season or are you kind of concerned about how duke fares post coach k um i'm i'm curious to see i'm more curious and concerned to see how well they do recruiting wise after coach k left because coach k is a big reason why a lot of guys like declare and commit to duke because it's the greatest coach of all time um, but I'm really curious to see how they do and compete with recruiting after Coach K's departure. I think that it will be interesting to see, but Duke is a brand and Duke pumps money into basketball facilities, basketball apparel, bas- everything basketball gets and basically is what a blank check. Uh, so I think that even if John Shire is not the pick, and I think he will do at least a fine job, if not a great job, but he will at least be a fine coach for a couple of years. Even if he isn't like up to Coach K standards, which how can you reach? I don't think they're going to fall off the face of the map. I don't think they're going to have a bunch of bad years in a row. At worst, I think they'll be like upper end of the ACC, getting attorney bid every year and maybe flaming out early. But I don't think we're going to see a dramatic quality decrease, especially because John Shire, people are going to Duke to play with Coach K, but John Shire has been doing a lot with the recruiting the past couple of years. I think he was in charge of Jason Tatum's recruiting. Uh, Zion's recruitment, a couple other guys along the way. Yeah, and that's true. Like, Cade's right. A lot of times when you're being recruited by colleges, it's rarely you have direct contact with um, the head coach. It's usually the assistant coaches that you're talking to more and develop a relationship first before the head coach when you get there. So yeah, that's that's a great point. So I wanted to ask, is John Shire the right fit for this Duke Blue Devils program? And if your answer is yes, my second question would be, if it wasn't Shire, let's say for circumstances – 
you know, unknowing to us, if John Shire was not the head coach of this Duke team, is there somebody that you were looking at besides him that could have been a replacement for Shashevsky? I think the, the list that my personal short list, obviously if you would have had to ask me this yesterday, and if you asked me this yesterday, I've got Brad Stevens on the list. Little did I know what was happening today. I have, I have Shire on the list. I have Quinn Snyder very high on the list. I think he could do a great job if he wanted to recruit. I don't know if he'd be interested in recruiting, but he is a great tactical coach, jazz best team in the West. Um, I think Tony, or oh, sorry, fumbled his name. Tommy Amaker, I think is his name from Harvard would be a good pick. And I don't think he should have gotten the job, but Johnny Dawkins deserved a look. He's turned UCF around. That'd probably be my five off the top of my head. DJ, what say you about, you know, replacements had it not been Shire or, and, and you can definitely answer the question of is John Shire the right person to lead this team? Uh, I do believe John Shire is the right person to lead the team. I hadn't, I hadn't never really thought about like other options. Cause I didn't think, I didn't think this year that, uh, oh, can you still hear me? Hello? Yes, sir. Uh, I didn't think it'd be this year. Coach Garrett retired. So I haven't really been thinking about who would be a great replacement for him. I think he made out a great uh, options for that, but I just think John Shire is the best possible option right now and so just to round out you know the final points regarding coach k and his retirement after the end of next season what's your takeaway about the coach k era of college basketball or the coach k era of duke do you have like you know some some personal favorite memories about his tenure because he and for somebody that you know, would root for Duke under the right circumstances, but I really don't have a stake in it. He's, you know, 100% going to be missed by the college basketball world. I just want to see if you guys had any thoughts regarding top moment from him, top memory about what you'll remember from Coach K as the Durham head coach. Uh, Katie, you can go first because you you went, you actually went to the, the Duke University. So part of the problem is that I, I, Duke was like my number three most hated team until I went there, but I always did respect coach K for getting USA basketball back under control. The redeem team was huge. That, that gold medal meant a lot to us after the disaster that was Athens 2004. Um, and then while I was there, uh, my freshman year, there's a lot of infighting between basically Jason Tatum, Luke Kennard and Grayson Allen. We're all trying to figure out whose team it was. They all wanted it to be their team, and we were lacking cohesion. So Coach K kicked them all out of the locker room. He said, none of you wear any Duke stuff. None of you go in the, the locker room. You've lost the privilege until we figure out how to get this thing right. And I loved that. Um, obviously, the Zion era was fun, letting Coach seeing Coach K let his hair down a bit. And uh, every year before the Duke-UNC game, if you are one of the lucky students who tents and gets a chance to go to the game, he'll give a speech. And my senior year, the, the game itself was like the two or three days before Rudy Gobert got COVID and everything started shutting down. And we went to his talk a couple of days before that. And we were all wearing the wigs we were going to wear to the game. And Coach K hated the wigs and was flaming us. I loved that as well. That's a great memory. I'll always have. You, uh, you took my favorite memory right from my mouth when uh, he told the Duke players to never wear anything Duke on campus. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, that team was playing terrible that year. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to go with my second favorite Coach K story uh, was the Louisville game against with Zion, RJ. Um, oh, good choice. Good choice. Cam, and at halftime, he said to them, he goes, I don't coach losers. I coach winners. Like that was, that's what they said. Basically what the halftime speech was. It wasn't even think anything crazy. And he switched up to that zone. 
in the second half, that press zone, and they just changed the whole game, and they came back down from I don't know how many points they were down, but it, that game was crazy. It was like twenty something, I think. I think that was my. That's probably my favorite Duke game ever to watch. I'll uh, I'll throw one. Obviously, the meme picks. Cade knows. Like, if I had to pick my favorite oh, Coach K memories, God. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna mention any of the bad. Here moments. comes the hater. No, no, here it comes. I'm not gonna. I could never do that. Um, one. I know the, the both of you know what I'll be talking about once I start saying it. But I, 100, my favorite Coach K moment has to be calling Jason Tatum a soft St. Louis kid. Um, just because, like, I I just knowing obviously you know, however many years fast forward, it's been five years, six years since Tatum. I can't do the math. Is it been three years since four years? How, how many years has it been since Tatum's it's been at Duke? Been four. It's been four. Has it been four years since Tatum's at Duke? Jeez. He's, four, he's, he's played in the NBA for four years. So yes. Wow. Um, so obviously calling that Cade knows my meme picks because D, I, you, you probably know this DJ. I, We'll, all, we'll, for the most part, root for Duke because I don't have any problems with Duke just because I don't have a favorite college basketball team. But the the bit that I love, I don't, I know Kay doesn't love, is just to drag Coach K for whenever he gets dragged. Because more often than not, whenever Coach K gets dragged by the national media, regional media, Twitter, whatever, it's for him doing the right thing. Like more often than not, it's either hey, he was doing the right thing or it wasn't really that big of a deal to begin with but just the fact that everybody will hate coach k no matter what and that speaks in large part to the duke brand so the final question i have regarding regarding the coach k topic is do you guys think that coach k contributed to some of that duke hate is there going to be less duke hate now that he's no longer the head coach or he was kind of he didn't have anything to do with the hate it was more so the players that he coached I, I do think it was majority of the players. I don't think people love Coach K. I don't think anyone ever, ever has been had any animosity towards Coach K besides uh, occasional Duke fans, like old diehard Duke fans when he decided to cancel certain games or like when he canceled the season because of COVID. Uh, yeah, I don't think he ever really contributed to that, at least in my lifetime. I never saw people hating on Duke because of Coach K. I was always the, the guys who they had on the team that people didn't like, like for like, for example, like JJ Reddick and like Grayson Allen. It's a recent memory. So, yeah. Um, I am going to hard disagree with DJ. I think the list goes some, some order it's Leitner, Reddick, uh, Grayson Allen are the three most hated figures in Duke history. I think coach K is the easy pick for four. I don't think there should be any debate. People hate coach K. I think that, I think that if you already hate Duke and you already hate Coach K, him leaving isn't going to fade that hate in people's hearts. Uh, just like I am not going to stop hating the Patriots after Bill Belichick leaves. So <laughs> I imagine that uh, even if even if people aren't as active in their hatred, I don't think it's going to affect it so much. And people will be rooting for Duke to fail without him. I also wanted to make one honorable mention. I'm actually going to change my pick for my favorite Coach K moment. I actually do like no tr like trolling aside. Um, I did like how he told the Duke Blue Devils section that like Coach Capel's one of us when they were trying to get on yeah. him during the pit game. I thought that was a really cool moment. Yeah, um, that was dope. that was dope. Switching topics just a little bit. So Brad Stevens will no longer be the Boston Celtics head coach. Um, he's going to lead the search for a new head coach. DJ, I'll ask you, is there any, now that I, I know me and you talked about it when the, when the news first dropped, now that it's been a couple hours, uh, what are your immediate thoughts about how all this played out this morning? 
Um, again, it felt very sudden. Um, the meme in my like friend group chat about the Celtics is that why does Brad Stevens get more power here? And like everyone wanted my my friends are adamant Brad Stevens haters. I don't hate Brad Stevens. I think he's a good coach. Um, but it, I do question why promote him to president of basketball out of like all of a sudden. I mean, maybe because he just knows the Celtics organization so well, or like he has a good plan for the future. Um, I do think Ainge's time was definitely up. It's been on the hot. I think he was on the hot seat this last couple seasons because of just the the no additions he made to surround Tatum, Brown, and Kemba um, after the failed Kyrie experiment. Um, but yeah, I think it's just very sudden. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I'm excited though. Now that I've sat with a couple hours, I'm excited to see what the future holds of what coaches we can pick up and the, the changes in culture we can get around the Celtics. So I'm gonna embrace it right now. Cade, now that it's been, you know, like, like ISDJ, now that it's been a while since this news first dropped and it's kind of settled a little bit, overall, good decision, bad decision, uh, your expectations about how this goes forward. Is there any opinions you have regarding this matter as a I, non-Celtics fan? I think Ainge stepping down was kind of in the tea leaves. Uh, I don't think it's his fault, but some of the choices he's made have gone poorly. Um, he's burned bridges with free agents because of his handling of Isaiah Thomas and some other things. I know some of the fan base was sick of him always being like, oh, yeah, I almost traded for Harden. Oh, yeah, I almost traded for AD. Oh, no, I changed my mind. Nah, 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 nah. So I think that for Ainge, the writing was on the wall. I didn't think it was going to happen. What? Did, when did they lose to the Nets? Yesterday, day before? I didn't think it was going to come out this quickly. I'm not shocked that happened. I am surprised Brad Stevens' transition to the front office because – I don't really think any of the Celtics problems over the past couple of years can be attributed to, to Brad Stevens. I think he's done as good a job as you can expect. Um, I'm intrigued. I have no idea what he's going to do in the front office. Like, obviously he's a great basketball guy. He had some part in roster construction when he's a Butler, but I have no idea if this is going to work out or not. Hopefully he surrounds himself with smart people. Um, but I do think that whatever coach they bring in, barring something crazy occurring, is probably not going to be as good as Brad Stevens. So that's that's a worry of mine for the Celtics moving forward. That That is a good point. Um, just to go off of what the two of you were saying, I'm, I'm torn about the, like, the timely of it. I understand um, it was unexpected because it was early, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm glad that they did this now because that means that they were talking about this during the regular season and during the postseason, I would assume. This isn't something that they came up with in a day. Um, and you know, and for, for DJ and I, I know you remember as well as I do that I just, whenever I, the argument comes out about like timeliness and the unexpected, I think it's always a good thing if it happens, the sooner, the better, just because I still get like PTSD flashbacks about how the Patriots were in a tough situation because Gronk retired at the very last minute and it kind of screwed them in terms of like the tight end position. The good news is Ainge isn't stepping down and Stevens isn't transitioning in September, you know, three weeks before a season starts. Like you still have a full off season. We still have the rest of the playoffs to get to still have a full draft um, with Stevens as a new draft and with Stevens, you know, maybe influencing the draft pick. That means, you know, for us Celtics fans, we don't have to see them draft another college guard, which is good. Um, but I, I wanted to ask, so are, are there any names that come to mind in terms of potential replacements that the two of you think would be a great fit for the Celtics organization? 
Um, I know we were talking about earlier, like Becky Hammond would be a girl. I would love to see her coach in Boston. Um, but like you said, I don't think she leaves the Spurs if she's going to line after Popovich, unless like she really wants to be a coach right now. Um, uh, I saw Jason Kidd's name thrown around. I saw the old Atlanta Hawks coach thrown around. I necessarily don't like either of those picks. I'm not a huge Jason Kidd guy. Uh, he did not do well in Milwaukee and a lot of people didn't like him in Milwaukee and the, the Hawks coach caught a lot of flat too. Um, especially with young players, they didn't really mesh up with him. Um, I don't know like who really would be a, there's not that many better coaches. When people say we need to get rid of Brad Stevens, I'm like who are you going to pick up instead of him? Who's better than him on the market right now? There's not that many. It's going to have to be an experiment. I think um, that's the only way I can really be comfortable. I can't, I don't want someone like Jason Kidd or the old Hawks coach. Mark Jackson might be an option to look at too, but even then he hasn't coached in seven years. So, What about the possibility of either Sam Cassell or Chauncey Billups? Because those were two names that seemed like they were potential front runners for this job. I, I would like that. Sam Cassell has been on uh, Doc Rivers staff for a while at LA, on LA Clippers. I don't know if he's still, is he still at the LA Clippers or is he in Philly now with Doc? Kay, do you know? Because I don't. Don't know. He's somewhere. Uh, he's somewhere he's in the NBA. I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate Chauncey Billups uh, being hired. Someone, someone was talking about KG. I was like, ah, I don't want Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett um, as a as a coach right now. He is an assistant for Philadelphia. <laughs> he is okay. So he's yes. with Doc. Um, I would like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would be a great pick right now. Uh, I think my first pick would be Becky Hammond if she is up for the job. Now, now that I'm taking a look at it. I'm actually really intrigued by the possibility of Sam Cassell because I know he was, of course, a big veteran presence in the locker room during the 08 Celtics run. Um, so he's definitely beloved by Celtics fans. And he's been an assistant coach since 2009. Yeah. So he's definitely – I didn't know he was the Wizards assistant from 09 to 14. Yeah, he was. He's, he was yeah, he's been coached for a while. I, know, I just knew he was with Doc for a while on, on the Clippers as well. So if he's been with Doc for seven years now and he was there for five years in Washington, then he's definitely ready. It's not like it's a Steve Nash situation where you're getting a former player, but this is their first ever coaching experience. Um, I'll ask, you know, the two of you, whoever wants to, whoever wants to uh, answer this, obviously we talked about Duke post coach K. How do you think that the Celtics fair post Ainge stepping down and Stevens going from a head coaching position to a front office position? Does this change the Celtics for the for better or for worse, or is this pretty much um, not going to make a difference, you know, uh, in the future? I wanted to hop back in about the the head coach for yes. for one more second, because really, in my opinion, you've got two options: you go to someone with a proven track record, or you go to a new guy and you hope for the best. You kind of roll the dice, and as far as I can tell, no one, none of like the good options I would want. Uh, are going to leave their teams. I don't think Quinn Snyder is going to leave the Jazz for another NBA team. I think the one guy I could think of off the top of my head, Mike D'Antoni, if he wants to coach, like he's the assistant, I think, for the Nets, like head assistant. And I think the Celtics would benefit from a revamped offensive system. I don't know if they have the personnel to do what he wants, but that'd be interesting. Um, I think that some of the guys they could roll the dice on uh, Jay Laranaga, son of uh, Laranaga, the Miami coach. I believe he's a Celtics, uh, Celtics assistant already. I learned that today. I didn't know we had Laranaga's assistant on our coaching staff. Yeah, he. I think he'd be an interesting guy to look at, especially because he's familiar with Brad Stevens, and they'd have uh, some synergy in the front office and not the end of the bench. And then the other Nets assistant, Ime Udoka, I think his name is, 
he's been doing an interesting job since from my understanding, the Nets are sort of a coach by committee type deal. So he could be an interesting guy to look at as well. When it comes to Brad Stevens being going from head coach to a president, um, there was a lot of criticism in the basketball world about this decision because he hasn't had front office experience and somebody could get, you know, passed up. And this goes back to the debate regarding whether or not Steve Nash was fit to be a head coach versus passing up on some other minority candidates. Do you think the same thing applies here? Is Brad Stevens qualified for this front office role? I think that I get, I get the argument for Steve Nash. I get that a lot. Um, He didn't really hold any formal basketball positions. Brad Stevens is a great basketball mind. He clearly understands basketball tactics. He's coached the team. So he knows what the team needs. I'm sure better than anybody. And when you're a college coach, you are much more involved in roster construction since you recruit your own players. So I don't think it's a bad idea off the jump. Like I understand if someone thinks they've been passed up on the way, but I understand why he was given the first nod for that. Do you, uh, uh, what, what say you DJ? Uh, no, I, I fully agree with Kate. I think the Steve Nash uh, backlash was very well warranted because again, he had no experience coaching. He was in the Warriors organization, but he was a player. I think a player, uh, something, I forget what his position was, but it wasn't involved with coaching. Um, there was other coaches out there that could have been, uh, been options as well. that got passed on. I, uh, I don't think I think Brad Stevens, like Kate said, he worked with the team, coached the team. He knows exactly what the team needs. Um, I didn't I didn't think of that point about him being a college coach, knowing like roster uh, reconstruction and like crafting a roster. Um, I don't think it's less it's less about uh, them passing up on minority other minority options. I think it's just he was the best fit for this current roster right now and understands it so well. Um, so I don't just, I can see why they would go with him right off, right off bat. I'd have to see the other candidates before I can just say that too, you know? Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I think that the reason why I'm okay with him leaving and, you know, I, I definitely didn't, didn't want him to leave as head coach. I thought going into this next season that his seat would get a little bit warm and anxious, anxious seat would probably be fully hot. Um, but I didn't see this coming at all. And now that it's kind of settled with us, I think for somebody that knows how the Celtics operate and what it'll take for them to kind of get over that hump, I think it's a great move by Stevens. And I, I fully trust him because I, I do think that he knows what's best for this organization and about Ainge, I'm kind of torn because I know everybody drags him for the blown opportunity to at least make a finals because you had so much draft capital, um, especially after finessing Billy King with that Brooklyn Nets trade. But at the same time, he still was the reason why the Celtics drafted Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Plus he is responsible for the 08 title. So I understand why I should dislike Danny Ainge and why he definitely should be on his way out. But I'm also, there's nothing for me to get truly angry at because blindly looking at what he's done as you know president of the Celtics he did I think personally overall it was an outstanding job although knowing what we know now they should have at least made at least one finals appearance during his tenure post 2010. Yeah I think a lot of it was the reason why we didn't make the finals post that after so she got all the draft picks you look at the years that we were best qualified too exactly injuries injuries hurt us um plus running into LeBron and KD doesn't help yeah yeah, like LeBron was in the East. Like, let's not forget about that. I mean, right. look, uh, Isaiah Thomas got hurt with the hip injury. 
and the roster wasn't that great. We weren't going to beat that Cavs team regardless. And then you look at the year after with Kyrie. Kyrie gets hurt. Um, we make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We were one game away, but, you know, uh, Scary Terry decides to shoot 0 for 12 from three and keeps shooting. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> and, and again, LeBron James. They're playing against LeBron James, greatest player ever. And then the following year, I think chemistry issues with young players who played really well the year before while Kyrie was out, was meshing with Kyrie and just wasn't working well. Maybe that was probably the, the biggest flaw, I would say, on his record. But the year after that with Kemba, we were playing great before COVID. We go to the bubble. Kemba gets hurt again. He's not healthy. Gordon Hayward gets hurt. He's thrown back into the Miami series first game back. He's not fully healthy. Um, and we're just, we're just playing keep up. And then this last year, again, health in COVID. Like, we're not healthy. COVID kept players out for a while. Kemba couldn't play back-to-backs. Marcus Smart was out for a while. Jason Tatum had COVID. And then Jalen Brown got hurt. So it's never, it was never a full, complete year, I think, besides that 20, that 2019 season where everyone was fully healthy going into the playoffs and playing throughout the playoffs. DJ, if me and you disagree on anything else, at least I'll have Celtics basketball to look at when it comes to uh, any, any times I can agree with you. Um, <laughs> before I let you guys go, any thoughts, any final thoughts that I didn't uh, let you guys get the opportunity to express regarding Celtics coach K or Sports in general. Is there anything else or we, we pretty much hit everything that we needed to discuss? Uh, I think both teams are entering a new era. I think uh, the Celtics are in a much more <laughs> secure position than Duke, but I think Duke's ha- Duke has a much higher upside. So I guess we'll see. Um, at least we've got one more year of Coach K. At least you still retain Brad Stevens, who I think would be one of the most coveted figures in sports if he was let go. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm agree with that. Go Blue Devils. Uh, this year is going to be really sad watching Coach K coach his last games in Cameron. Um, he's going to get his flowers as he's deserved. Um, hopefully he can get get that sixth, that sixth ring before he goes. And as for the Celtics, um, I'm excited for next year. I'm really, I feel rejuvenated that there's going to be a new direction instead of just, you know, trying to keep this run same, it back. Yeah, running back with yeah. this bummy roster of <laughs> – <laughs> Nobody comes the bench with Grant Williams. Like, I'm sorry. I love Grant off the court, but on the court, this man is booty. Um, and it's uh, F the Nets, you know, F the Nets. Wow. Cade, best of luck. How are you feeling about the Hawks in the in the second round? Uh, I am not scared of the Hawks. I am scared Embiid is hurt. Uh, obviously, it's he's day-to-day. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. But I'm I like our matchup with the Hawks. I don't hate our matchup with the Nets if Ben Simmons can can produce. Um, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see how this goes. Yes, sir. Gentlemen, it is a privilege and a pleasure as always. I will like I will let you guys get back to whatever you do on a Wednesday night at 10:47 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I'm fine. Okay.